Okay, so good morning, everybody. Good morning. So I'm going to pray first, and then we'll get started. So, Father God, we just thank you for everything, and for the trials, for the successes, for everything that you do, Father, for the ability to be able to laugh and have the mood lightened when it needs to be lightened, but also, Father, have that somberness when we need to have that as well. And we just want to continue to grow, and we want to continue to do those things, Father, that you have called us to and are calling us to. And so I just ask now that I would be totally focused on you and your heart at your right hand, and that you will, I know, that you will provide everything that I need. And it is in your son's name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> okay. So, wouldn't we all agree that hearing, believing, and obeying the prophetic voice of the Lord involves a choice? Our, our purpose and objective is to hear God, what he is speaking forth prophetically from his right hand, believe it, and then release it in his perfect timing. During this month, we have been asking God to show us how we can fully step into the incredible gift of the office of Teacher Seer. We've asked him, we've asked him that our eyes would be opened and that he would enhance our vision and that we will see more clearly and precisely what he is revealing. Our desire and our intent is to know everything that he wants to reveal to us. As teacher seers, we must have that overall vision of, of a situation or atmosphere. In order to teach, we must also be the student. We have an enormous responsibility to study his word and to pursue his revelations and all that they entail. Not only, <clears throat> we not only have to see clearly, but we also need ears to hear and a receptive heart to receive those these revelations, not reservations. <laughs> During one of these prayer times that we've had a few weeks ago, God spoke one word to me, blind. I had had some ideas on what I was going to teach on, but I knew immediately that I would not be teaching on that topic <laughs> that I had originally thought, but that I would be teaching on this word, blind, or that's what came to, that's what he told me. So this, the definition, a short definition of the teacher seer is being a student of the word, focusing and specializing in the finding out and establishing of the foundational truths of the word of God keeping our eyes fixed on the logos while desiring to know how God is laying forth and unveiling these foundational truths in our present day. The seer is gifted with a sharpness of vision into the spirit realm. They will provide a wide view of vision and an overall, in an overall situation, atmosphere, and outlook. So we will be looking at these next scriptures I put through the eyes of a teacher seer, but I kind of was, that's how I related these scriptures, was as a teacher seer. So the first short set of scriptures <laughs> is Psalm 
is Exodus 4, 1 through 17. And Moses answered, and we're all very familiar with these. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Now put thy hand in thy bosom. And he put his hand into thy bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom and beheld. It was turned again as other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of this first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou sent, who wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. So, breaking all this down... So I, I put words in the parentheses, and um, so I, you have them there. I didn't put all the definitions. A lot of these we already know, but I will hopefully touch on the ones that we may not be as familiar with. So the word blind is iver, and it blind, literal or figurative. It roots back to avar through the idea of a film over the eyes, blind, put out. The word continues to root back, um, actually, to a word that means burden. 
So I thought that was kind of interesting because if you're blind, burden, oh, I'm sorry. Because if, if um, you are blind, then that would definitely be a burden in your life, possibly. But that also, that word that it roots back to has to do with um, animals like um, donkeys that would carry a load, that type of thing. <clears throat> so Moses did not feel capable of delivering the Israelites out of Egypt. He stated that the people of God would not believe or hear and obey the voice of the Lord through him. God uses specific signs, evidence, and miracles to show Moses that he would be with him and that he, God, would demonstrate his power on behalf of Moses in what he had commissioned him to do. As teacher seers, we must be those that believe, Ammon, and hearken, Shema, the voice of the Lord. Our confidence in him working through us is essential. When he directs what we teach, we have to trust and fully rely on him to prepare us for what we need in order to be his voice. God used Moses' rod and had him take it with his hand and cast it down onto the ground. The rod became a serpent. God then had Moses put his hand, <clears throat> put forth his hand and seize, take the possession of the serpent's tail, and it turned back into a rod. He then, again, using Moses' hand, inflicted it with leprosy and then restored it back to clean. Let's look at verse 7, where Moses' hand is made clean. And he said, put, and that word is shub, thy hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into thy bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom and beheld it was turned again as other flesh. This verse uses that word shub five times. Um, and the, the word shub is the idea of returning to a starting point. It also speaks of repenting, restoring, rescuing, turning back or to retreat so that a new accomplish accomplishment can begin. So let's look at six where it also has the word put. But that word there is, I'm assuming it's pronounced bow, and it, just, it means to come or go. It's not shub. Verse 7 uses that, also uses that word pluck. When he removes his hand from his bosom, it is a decisive and direct thing. It's not something how, he, how God reflected first that he just put his hand in, but it was plucked out. So that's very decisive and knowing. That knowing, I guess, is what came to my mind, that... That's how we have to be. We have to be decisive and direct when God tells us something. There was no wavering or hesitation. God was so clear in letting Moses know that if he would turn that 180 degrees, he would be more than capable to accomplish what God was calling him to do. Rescuing, repentance, and restoration for God's kingdom is what God has called us all to do. <laughs> Sorry, Larry, it wasn't. Oh, it's just muted. Hello, there I am. Um, as you were speaking on this, uh, it, it was occurring to me that 
each of these signs was a frightening prospect. I mean, you know, he had to overcome his fear of the snake to grab it again. I mean, that, that, was, that was not a pleasant thing for him to do, but he had to trust the Lord. Okay, if I'm going to grab this snake, it's going to be good. Then he had a leprous hand, and he was to put that thing back into his <laughs> bosom. Right. Yuck. You know, I'm not sure what leprosy looks like, but it was totally white, which meant it was totally infected, absolutely ready to fall off the bone, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, and, and uh, you know, he had to overcome that fear. And then that last thing, and you're probably going to touch on this, but it was just goes along with this. He was that told to, to speak. I mean, he'd, he'd had this encounter with the Lord. He had the burning bush. He had the proofs and everything. And now he had to, to do something that he, he absolutely was afraid of doing, and that was to speak. And uh, I, I think the, the first two were like, okay, I'm demonstrating how your fear of speaking is going to be overcome. And I think that's what made God um, angry. <laughs> he said he was angry with him, but, but yet here was Aaron on his way up, you know. So it was interesting that, but it was, I just, you know, it just popped out at me that all these things he was asked to do were, were fears that he had and, and how we are going to be called to do things that aren't comfortable for us as well. And, and we have to trust the Lord that when we grab the tail of the snake, it's going to, be, you know, if it bites us, okay. But, you know, if, if he directs it, that's what we're supposed to be right. doing, no matter how much it's a, you know, we've never done it before or uh, it's, it's a fearful thing. So I'm encouraged. So God proved beyond any doubt that he would ensure victory in the mission he wanted Moses to accomplish. He couldn't have been more clear in his directive, and that supply for everything Moses would need was guaranteed. He had Moses throw his rod on the ground, and it changed into a snake. He had Moses pick it up by the tail, and it changed back into a rod. He turned Moses' hand to leprosy and then made it clean again. God was providing every opportunity for Moses to fully partner with him as, as his representative and what he wanted to do. But after all these signs and miracles, Moses still, I don't think he really saw the big picture. <laughs> he didn't have that seer thing going on. <laughs> um, he, was, he was blind. He may not have been physically blind, but his vision was clouded by a film over his spiritual eyes. He did not believe, so he was unable to glean the importance and truth of what God was showing him. God was showing Moses that he was about to achieve amazing things through Moses. But when the glory came, in verse 10, Moses said he was slow of speech and slow of tongue. Maybe because of his feelings and insecurities, maybe because he wasn't seeing clearly, but he rejected the glory, of, the glory God was providing for him. The word for slow is kabed, and it speaks of the weightiness and heaviness of kabed, the glory of God. Another word for kabed is hardened or laden, which means burden psychologically or mentally. Maybe since Moses was mentally burdened, 
he did not or could not welcome that weightiness that God was, was providing up for him. He wasn't able to see the tobe, I don't think, that God wanted to give him. God repeatedly spoke and gave Moses, gave signs to Moses about how the hand was going to work miracles and provide. If Moses would have realized that by partnering with the hand of God and by knowing what it fully takes to partner in the glory of God, he would have conquered and been the victor. He would have conquered his fears, everything, everything that he was to do. <clears throat> he wouldn't and couldn't fail. And that's something that we have to remember when we're doing that. We aren't going to fail. <laughs> we know that the rod represents the demonstration of our authority. Scripture says that Moses fled when the rod became a serpent. Raising two boys who brought snakes home a lot. I don't flee when I see a snake. <laughs> However, <laughs> maybe most of you, like Moses would flee from a snake. <laughs> Snakes are not usually viewed as fun pets to play with and are not something we would want to pick up. People generally will quickly move away or unfortunately always want to kill them. This rod was a tool to be used in confrontation with Pharaoh and to show the Israelites and to fully step into that office of teacher seer or any of the five flow of offices there will be warfare. Our continuing to move forward in grace will require us to lay down the rod of authority that has been developed in us already and that we trust as we step into the new and pick up. When God tells us to put forth our hand and take the rod, we must have the faith to pick it back up even if it looks offensive and unpleasant. <laughs> We partner with God, lay everything down, and then pick up what he asks, even if it looks like a snake, Annette. Okay. <laughs> we cannot allow a film or haze to cloud our vision. We have to have a panoramic view, capturing the spiritual dynamics and adjusting as God reveals our direction. We do and then teach. Rescue and restore in his perfect timing. God told Moses to place his hand within his bosom, and when he did this, his hand became leprous. The bosom represents that place in the body where we hide something or where we keep our treasures. It also speaks of a place of intimacy and provision. So it was kind of interesting when you were talking, oh, I'm not going to want to put it back in that secret place. <laughs> My treasures are in there, they're going to get ruined. <laughs> <laughs> um, leprosy is a contagious disease described by inflamed nodules beneath the skin and a wasting of parts, body parts. It was <laughs> considered <laughs> any parts, <laughs> pieces, parts. <laughs> it was considered to be incur uh, an incurable disease, ultimately resulting in death. Spiritually, it represents the constricting of the flow of life, resulting in dysfunction and corruption. Even though the person is alive and breathing, there is no true life or prospect for advancement. They are unable to see the full picture 
and cannot embrace and represent the framework of the spiritual environment. <clears throat> God told Moses to put his hand into his bosom, and the scripture says he plucked it out. This, like I said before, this is decisive and direct. I was thinking, so, I mean, God cures the incurable, right? So you put that hand, that whatever, nasty piece of you. <laughs> and God can cure it. Even though, if, even though if it's an incurable thing in man's eyes, it's not. Moses felt inadequate and unable to do the task set before him. God used specific signs to show Moses that he would be with him and that he would show his power through Moses. God will demonstrate his authority and power through us in ways we cannot even imagine. We need to keep our eyes fixed on the logos while observing how these foundational truths are being exposed in God's present truths. Whether we have personal issues regarding our assignment or people who may not want to believe, hear, or know the truth, we need to remember that the rod of authority and the cur curable power of God will move on our behalf. Why? Because we are those who are in, in pursuit of his revelations and all that they entail on earth and for his people. We must embrace and hold dear the power of God and his hand in the depths of who we are. It is in this place where we have intimacy and provision. Verse 8 and 9. Um, I'm sorry, what? Moving right along. Well, if anybody has anything to say, Adrian does. I was just thinking, you know, this was a sign to Moses, but God was also telling him that the things with the snake and the leprosy were also to be assigned to the people. And you realize they had been in Egypt 400 years. So to have the practices and the mentality so ingrained within them that the father was telling them something that seems like you could never separate yourself from because you're so intertwined in all of your substance, your sustenance, your provision is coming from this place that this is what I want to bring you out of and be the one to provide. And that that was also part of, you know, that mentality that had to be cured and the people right. so that they could move forward right. because really how else do you mobilize you figure you know it's funny because in your head you just assume i don't know i mean i know they were all kind of they were in goshen so they were all in one area but then others were servants and houses and so it's like they were still having to come out of all these different areas so that when the lord said okay be ready to move forward that they were in that mindset and so it is. It's, you know, having the scales taken off, having the blindness removed so that you can see what the Father's calling you to, even in the midst of something that looks impossible to separate yourself from or uncurable or right. like it's so much apart. You know, how could you ever leave it to go and follow a different direction? And yet this is what the Father wanted them right. to do. Right. Exactly. No. Do you have okay. Go ahead. Um, I, I'm still looking at those five shubes and, and just thinking he, he was supposed to be patterning for the people what it meant to align himself with the direction of God. And God was laying it out how, like, 
you've said already how that should happen, and yet he decided to argue with God about it. And, right. and what's even more amazing is that he even recognizes what God's doing. Oh, Adonai, I, I know right. you're trying to position me. <laughs> right. I, I know you're trying to place me in this place, but right. I've kind of got a Adonai better twice. idea. <laughs> yes, twice. But I've, I've kind of got, you know, I've really got a really good excuse why your positioning of me really won't work to the best. I mean, have we ever turned God down and then thought that that's what we're really saying? <laughs> Sorry, God, you kind of messed up on this no, you one. Get, you, don't get, you don't have it right yet, God. <laughs> but that's just it. How many times in the past, you know, that God gives you a prophetic word or something that he's told you he's going to use you in this way, and you just think, no, no, Lord, I, I can't do that. I don't have the extra training or... I, I'm not used to getting up and teaching or I don't have the singing voice or, you know, whatever to do this right. thing. And that you could easily disqualify yourself from the very point of partnership that the father's asking you to move forward. In. Right. Yeah, yeah. That point of grace. So. Right. You know, and to speak to that point of difficulty of transition was that, um, you know, you think about how Israel left Egypt. They were blessed with all kinds of gifts, of gold and things. And this speaks to the fact of their relationship with the people there. I mean, they were not just leaving Egypt. They were leaving relationships. Right. They were leaving uh, people who adored them and was evident by what they gave them as they left. Moses, he had, he had settled into this shepherd outfit. I mean, uh, you know, he... He was he was in line to, to rule in Egypt, and you know, through his zealousness, his jumping the gun, what God wanted to do, you know, he, he he was banished to the wilderness. But he had found a great life out there. He had a wife. He had kids. You know, he was he was you know able to get away from the kids out in the field with the with the sheep. I mean, it, it was a good existence, and and he had everything he wanted. And now God was upsetting this. Right. You know, and, and he was reluctant to release it. And, and that same reluctancy, I think, was, was seen with, with the people. Uh, and, and to testify to that was the way they left, um, you know, with, with all this parting gifts. And we miss you and all that. And, in fact, some of the Egyptians went with them. Uh, and, and uh, you know, where's your God now, Moses? They, uh, they, they, were, they were very much, uh, like Adrian was saying, being being pulled out of, of a comfort place and this so much speaks of how God is still moving on us right you know we, we get comfortable we get used to it we finally master this concept of uh, prophetic words and, and those kind of things he said okay there's more for you to do <laughs> you know, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pick up the snake <laughs> and and just to fast forward I mean just a little bit you can see that it was a continual process because what they came back to was, why did you bring us out in this desert to die? We could have been in Egypt where we had plenty to eat. Right. You know, they really, it really was a mindset for them. And it really took, it took a whole, that whole generation dying. Right. Um, rather tragically. But it, that's what it took for them to actually get to that point where the, their children could come up and say, we want to go forward. You know, we've wandered in the desert for 40 years. 
we're ready to move. We're ready. Right. And and but that whole time, you know, it was it was just that constant. They came to the Red Sea. You know, every every obstacle they encountered, they fell back on Moses and said, ah, you know, why are we here? We could be in Egypt. You know, and so it was always this. Even though he called them out of that, that really was, you know, that identity that they tried to cling to for a very long time. Right. Right. And yeah, those personal issues and insecurities. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're our own biggest <clears throat> obstacle. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> no, you're my own biggest, biggest obstacle. Just kidding. So, version of murmuring? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, now I'm moving on. <clears throat> okay. So, um, from, from 8 and 9, which talks about the signs and that, there's, if they don't get the first two, there's going to be a third one. I mean, God already knew there was going to be, <laughs> God knew. So, he, and he knew who was going to Ammon, who was going to believe, and who was going to Shema. God is the best teacher we have. And I think that maybe God was revealing this to, to Moses so that he would have the big picture of what was going to occur. I think maybe that um, there were additional signs to prepare Moses and to show him the, the God's power and his authority that maybe weren't even talked in here. You know, there's just so much that was said in these verses that... Oh, anyway... Um, not sure how I want to say it. I just think that there was more that God was showing Moses and that until later, like a prophetic word, until later, you know, it wasn't revealed to Moses didn't grasp it. So lurking, lurking again (laughs) at verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord Jehovah, O oh, my Lord, and this is Adonai, the God who positions us according to our created calling and assignment, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, and I am slow, kebed, of speech, and slow, of tongue. And in verse 11, it says, the Lord, And the Lord said unto him who hath made man's mouth, or who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing. This word seeing, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, means clear-sighted, intelligent, seeing, wise. Or the blind, which is, is literal or figurative. Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach, and teaches Yara, and it means to show, to shoot an arrow, or to cast forth an expansion. Thee that has, that has say, and he said, O my Lord, Adonai, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who wilt thou send. And still Moses lacked the confidence and wants God to send back up for him. All he had to do was step forward in obedience and God would have provided. At this point, God's getting a little angry. <laughs> And he took, a, and it took a lot for God to uh, it take. Sorry, and it takes to me. It took a lot for God to get angry up until this point. 
look at everything that, that's transpired between the two of them and Moses's lack of, of confidence in, in God. Um, I think God was being very patient. I probably would have lost my temper by then. <laughs> and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? And I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth, and seeth his thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be in thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach, Yara, and what ye shall do. And this speaks about what you will accomplish, and how you will advance. Everything you need, you will know what to do. That one little word means a lot. <clears throat> and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God, and thou shalt take this rod and thine hand, wherein thou shalt do signs. Even with all the evidence from God, that he would be right beside Moses, providing everything he needed, Moses was still, con still concerned and continued to make excuses. He made God just a little angry. Do you want to say something? Okay. He made God just a little angry. God has promised as we sit at his right hand, he will teach us and give us words to speak forth and tasks to accomplish on his behalf. So let's not make God angry, okay? <laughs> we don't like him when he... No, we do like him all the time. <laughs> Go ahead, Vic. Um, when I, in my Bible program, and I was going to check with Adrian to see if mine's wrong perchance, but mine goes back also to uh, a root of to be laid bare, to be exposed, and to Are be we, naked. Which? Uh, the word blind. Oh, blind, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Could you check yours and make sure, because my Bible program is going wrong. And I think you're right. And then beyond that is when it goes into the burden. Oh, mine doesn't go back further. It's in uh, 11, yeah. But yes, I did read that too. Oh, okay. To be laid bare, to be exposed, or to be naked. And it's like, that. that's what he needed. Right. That's, that's really, I mean not just him, us, we have to be continually laid bare like that and exposed so, so that we will not, we're not just counting on our feelings. We're not counting on, you know, the emotion of the moment or right. um, what we see with our natural eyes or how we feel about ourselves, you know, or what gives us security or insecurity or whatever. Whatever, right. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's really, that's the lesson to all of us, really, is to, we have to remain naked before the Lord. I mean, right. really, we have right. to, we know that, but I mean. As Monica would say, Monica would say naked. Naked, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it did go back, yours went back, okay. We can become so absorbed and concerned with our own personal issues and those of the people around us that we think we require signs from God to demonstrate that he is working right alongside of us. God did that for Moses. 
However, Moses continued to give excuses. And what happened? The anger of Yahweh was kindled. We have to be careful not to make the Lord angry as he is continually revealing his rod of authority and hand of power to us. So just like Vicki said, if we're, if, if we're not laid bare before him, then our stuff is going to interfere. God has promised to teach us and give us the words of knowledge to speak forth as teacher seers on behalf of what he wants to accomplish in his kingdom. Okay, so I'm going to go on to the next set of scriptures unless somebody has anything else they want to add. Nope, okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which, not be which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So I was thinking about this, and who I was thinking, well, is he speaking to non-believers, or is he speaking to believers that, well, anyway, so my conclusion is probably both. <laughs> but Paul, um, could be that it could be those who have turned away, that they believe not, which is apistos, which speaks of disbelieving, faithless, that believes not. Possibly those who are not currently functioning in their faith or quit moving forward in grace. These scriptures say that the gospel is being hid to those who are lost. The gospel was being hid, covered over, or concealed in some way. The word lost means to destroy, ruin, destruction. Verse 4 identifies the God of this world as being responsible for the blinding of the minds of those functioning in apistos, not belief. This word blind, tuflau, means blind and refers to making someone blind to cause obscurity or opaque as if smoky. The word for minds speaks, speaks of someone's perception, purpose, and intellect. The enemy's spirit attempts to spiritually blind perceptions and the intellectual ability to understand. These people were definitely not functioning in belief, belief and faithfulness with regard to their purpose of God. The last part of verse 4 refers to the glorious gospel of Christ. The enemy does not want the people, anybody, to be fully aware of the ongoing release of truth of the gospel of Christ and all that it entails for sons. It also mentions light and shine. These words speak of illuminance, illum illumination and radiance. That was those two combined the first time. <laughs> and beams of light. Our pursuit of fully stepping into the office of teacher seer will always entail learning and teaching. As we continue to move forward in God's truth and revelations, his marvelous light will always illuminate our vision. The Spirit of God brings authority, clarity, and insight. 
the enemy's attempts to cause blindness and obscurity will be prevented and squashed. God has promised all this to us. <clears throat> Does anybody want to add anything before I... Well, just that um, when I looked up the word lost, lost, it, it said to render useless. It's just so it's basically talking to anybody that's not functioning in a useful manner for the kingdom. Right, so... It would so be, be anybody. Right. <laughs> yeah, because we know the scripture says that even the demons believe. So um, it's, it's more than knowing. It is in truly the partnership. Those who are, who are uh, really looking to um, show that agape towards the Father's right. heart. And... Uh, if, if that's not it, then whatever they're in is blinding them, is making them feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to or I'm, I'm, I'm fine, I'm good. Right. And I don't need this further stuff because it tends to uh, upset my apple cart. It, it tends to make me feel like I've got to do something else and I'm, I'm really content where I am, which goes right. back to that uh, comfort that, right. that God is right. calling us out of to move forward and right. to trust him for that uh, thing that doesn't look inviting, but to to know that he's going to provide. Right, because it it takes time and effort to keep moving forward, and when when you're first baptized and you're saved, oh, there's nothing else. I'm good, <laughs> and that's not the that's not the truth. So I think that's part of that loss too. But even for sons, if we're not staying on the current edge of his breath. I think it's, I think in, as things are escalating in the darkness and everything, I think it's going to get to the point where the God of this world will be able to darken our minds as well. I mean, if right. we're not staying in pure alignment, you know, and, and pulling ourselves back into alignment as soon as we realize, you know, we, we have to really press in. I, I just don't even have the words to say it, but I mean... We've just got to be filled with his breath all the time and be listening and, like you said, striving for that, <clears throat> not striving, but leaning in and peering in to get the big picture and to know what it is he's doing in this moment. Because if we're not, if we're not staying current, you know, then the discernment of our mental capacities is going to become dull. Right. I agree. Totally. And then we start making silly mistakes mm -hmm. that become catastrophic. And begin thinking silly things. I'm just going to say, too, the word loss, it also roots back to um, separation. And so it's, you know, it's like the antithesis of what we are as sons. You know, we are set out, we are separated to partner with the Father. And to these that are lost and whom the God of the world has blinded, they have been separated out mm -hmm. for his intent. He has been able to... Um, through abolishing or making them useless, set them apart to be used for his intent, you know, in the same fashion. It's kind of the enemy always has something he wants to mirror. He has those that he right. wants to set apart that are only going to be able to see what he's doing and have their eyes blinded to the truth of the Father and their identity and what he really wants to reveal, which, as Mom was saying, we can easily <laughs> mm -hmm. step into that if we don't continually have that fresh word being revealed to us, that then that blinder gets set there and where we were once set apart for the glory of the Father, now we're being set apart for the God of this world. Right. 
and you know to dovetail or to dovetail into all of that um it really is just doing those simple things you know every morning we've been in this mode of thanksgiving and that should be you know to that point where that's become our lifestyle you know right. we have you know we start our day with thanksgiving and it seems like a simple thing and but all it takes is like that one day of i'm just too tired you know right. or you know god knows i'm thankful right and it's little things like that that we you know stop doing that then you know that's all you have to do and all of a sudden you start you know, thinking things differently right. and and it's that self-talk sometimes that we get into. Right. And so, again, you know, as we've been saying, it's keeping our, keeping our hearts aligned daily. And sometimes even moment by moment, depending right. on what our circumstances we find ourselves in. And, you know, bringing ourselves back into that, that slight, that, that edge, that, that precipice <clears throat> of being that reservoir, that sharpened point of his, of his point so that we're dividing the, what we see with clarity instead of being blinded by, you know, how we feel or right. um, circumstances or even exactly. fear. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And further, the, um, another definition that goes along with the word lost is to be put out of the way entirely. Wow. And so when you look at the, yeah, in that context, it, gospel i know people look at it and go oh those people that don't know no. for us it's it's the whole schmeal the whole deal every single word the the depth of which we study and and if we have been put out of the way entirely we're not gonna we're not gonna see that right obviously and going back to what you were saying jay when you were talking it was like that you know it came to my mind we're to pray continually you know i used to think there is no way <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's all part of it I mean every part of our day we have our hearts tied to his heart we have that cord there <laughs> okay so John 12 36 through 40 while ye have light believe in the light that ye may be children of the light isn't there something about that that's not a good thing <laughs> These things spake Jesus, and, de and, he and departed, and did hide himself from them. But though, though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Esaias, the prophet, might be fulfilled. And he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Esaias said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, and they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted <clears throat> and be converted, and I should heal them. The enemy will try to hide those hidden truths from God, kind of a spiritual blindness. Our continued success in discovering Father's truth is by fully partnering with him. Our hearts and the eyes and eyes desire to see and understand all of the mysteries that he wants to reveal to us. Through our obedience to his directive, he reveals more of himself and we come to know him more intimately. As teacher seers, 
we help guide others into deeper revelations of the Spirit of God so they will understand and grasp the ongoing power of the arm of the Lord. Our goal is to continually align ourselves in this ongoing process of receiving and representing the righteous vision from God. As sons and joint heirs, God offers us opportunities to partner with him in his progressive and eternal mystery. After all, we believe the report of the Lord. So when I was doing this, I would go and do little bullets on fully stepping into the office of Teacher of Seer. Teacher Seer will require us <laughs> to remain open and alert to seeing with provision and spiritual the spiritual environment. Pay attention to and believe the signs he gives and shows us. Allow nothing to blind, cause obscurity, or a film to dull our eyes or spiritual vision. Allow nothing to blind our perception, purpose, and intellect of our minds. Always be ready to engage in the battle for belief, faith, and trustworthiness. Study the word, ensuring proper interpretation. Lay everything down in order to accomplish whatever impossibility God is requiring of us. Respond out of our spirit and not our flesh. Be ready for God to commission us to reveal and to release his eternal objective. Know that his glory will be upon us as we commune with him and move at his direction. Embrace and cherish the power of God and his hand. Remain humble. Be willing to speak his truth and do as he commands at all costs. Know that with God in charge, we cannot fail. And, of course, don't anger God. <laughs> and I, if, unless anybody has something else to say.